NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods here with Waylon Wong. Hello, it's great to be back. It's been weeks, weeks since I've been on here. Good to have you back. We also have Climate Desk correspondent from NPR, Nate Rott. Oh, hey. It's been a while for me, too, and I'm happy to be here. Yes, the, the team is back together. We're, we're gathered here today for a special edition of Indicators of the Week. And like we do every week, we are bringing you three key snapshots of what's happening in the global economy. Today, we're looking at sky-high profits enjoyed by oil and gas companies, the risk of all of this debt in the commercial property sector, and the value of teeth. Teeth. My dentist one time told me that I have my teeth at the consistency of cottage cheese, which was oh. a, uh, a oh. terrible thing. So I, That's I, not what they're su- – Whoa. If you're not enticed already, you will be after the break. (laughs) This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com slash indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor American Express. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Indicators of the Week, Nate Rott, hit us. All right, so my Indicator of the Week is a gobsmacking $281 billion, B-billion dollars. That's how much some of the world's biggest oil and gas companies have made in profits since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine almost two years ago to the date. That's according to an analysis by the nonprofit group Global Witness commemorating the two-year anniversary of the conflict. And is that more than they'd typically make in that period? It's way more than they would typically make. We're talking some of the biggest profits these companies have seen in the last decade. And this is just because of all the market turmoil we saw after the war started? Yeah. So, you know, think about all the sanctions that have been levied against Russia, which is the third largest oil producer in the world. Restrictions on imports from Russia, sabotage like what happened to the Nord Stream natural gas pipelines in the Baltic Sea. All of that led to near record wholesale prices of oil and gas in 2022 and increased prices for consumers, some of which we're still seeing today. And I'm sure the shareholders are laughing all the way to the bank. You are exactly right, Darian. It has been very good for shareholders. The analysis by Global Witness compiled quarterly earnings and shareholder reports for the big five. So Chevron, BP, Shell, Exxon, and Total Energies since the second quarter of 2022. And it found that they have paid $200 billion to shareholders since the start of the full-scale invasion in dividends and buybacks. Uh, Good news for them. So do we have a sense of where else that money is going? Like, have the company said in their earnings calls what they're investing in besides the dividends and buybacks? 
Yeah, so they are making a lot of investments. Uh, we've seen some very large acquisitions. These companies are investing in things like hydrogen and carbon capture. They are expanding renewable energy production. Uh, but this is very small compared to what they're spending on acquiring new oil and gas production. And that is a reflection of the reality that oil and gas, while volatile, is still much more lucrative than renewable energy, uh, largely because the damages caused by oil and gas consumption, like it being the hottest year on record last year, are not accounted for in those spreadsheets. So we've got a terrible war that is enriching a subset of corporations that are using their windfall to further the climate crisis. Yeah, happy Friday. Hmm. Well, I'm sure Derry will cheer us up. Darian, what do you have? Okay. If you love to be anxious, uh, maybe it's like a, a haunted house of Get indicators. Get out of my brain, Darian. <laughs> so this indicator is 90 cents, which relates to commercial property. We've talked a lot about commercial property on this show for a while. And that 90 cents is the amount of reserves that big U.S. banks have for every dollar of bad commercial property debt. Seems a little light. I'd be worried about my wallet. Yeah. So say I'm a bank that's owed a million dollars by an office block that is late on payments. I've only got $900,000 in cash ready in case that office block or any of my other loans for that matter default. So should we be putting all of our money in gold bars, running for the hills? Like what's our appropriate (laughs) level of anxiety here? So this particular statistic was brought to my attention by the Financial Times, and it is certainly a concerning trend because banks did seem to have a better buffer just a couple of years ago. Late-paying loans for commercial property are rapidly growing. They doubled last year. But there are a couple of reasons to ease your concerns. Lay them on us, Darian, in your soothing, dulcet tones. All right. So number one, put these numbers (laughs) into perspective. So it's true that some of these loans will lose a lot of value. Some office blocks have even sold for half of what they were bought for since the pandemic started. I'm sorry, Darian. I I thought you said that it was meant to be good news. Look, the good news is that the overall size of the commercial property sector is much smaller than the residential property sector, and it's about a third of its size. And offices specifically, you know, the victims of work from home, they make up much less than that. And so even if there is a meltdown in offices because of work from home and higher interest rates, it won't be as catastrophic as a residential real estate crash. Now, the second reason is that this is something that bank regulators have been paying very close attention to. So even if commercial property does implode and it does hurt some banks, it won't be a surprise. And so what's been happening behind the scenes is that banking supervisors and regulators have been very active. Regulators like the Federal Reserve and the FDIC, they've been pledging to toughen up their oversight. They've been active with these secret report cards of banks. They've been scrutinizing things like the quality of banks' assets and the management teams even, and they've been issuing downgrades if they think they're needed. Secret report cards. You had me there. So, so I know. Big, I was going to say. <laughs> so what you're saying is like big brother or big sister is watching. I guess that should make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. So the upshot is that, look, some banks might fail, but there are some tailwinds that reduce the risk of this flowing through to the wider economy. All right, Wayland, I am chomping at the bit. You see what I did there? (laughs) I did. My indicator is $5.84. That is the average payout for a lost tooth in the U.S. That's a a lot more than I ever got. (laughs) I mean... Well, I was going to ask you, how much did you guys get for your baby teeth? 
<sighs> maximum two dollars. Maximum two. Yeah, one dollar, maybe two. If my parents are running out of one dollar coins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's the current value of a New Zealand dollar from the 1990s in today's dollars? I, I, I couldn't do that math fast enough. But the point is, it was definitely not more than five US dollars worth. Yeah. And, you know, this number, $5.84, it comes from an annual survey of parents conducted by a dental insurance company called Delta Dental. And what caught my eye about this indicator is not just the kind of absolute value of it that we noticed seemed kind of high compared to our childhoods. But the average value of a lost tooth has actually fallen kind of a lot over the last year. In 2023, it was $6.23. So from $6.23 to $5.84, that's a decline of 6%. Okay, so that is real deflation. It's not just disinflation, which slows the rate of the increase in prices. That's right. I mean, and we don't see deflation very much because, honestly, if you're seeing deflation across the economy, it means something has gone really yeah, wrong. So that's bad. not what we want. <laughs> but so it's very interesting, actually, to see deflation happening, even if it's in this niche corner of the economy, if you can even call this an economy. And Delta Dental says this is the first time the tooth fairy payout has fallen in five years. And actually, if you look at the data by region, this decline is a lot more prominent in the Midwest. Mm. The average lost tooth there is only worth $3.63. It's down over 30% from last year. I feel bad for a kid in Michigan, you know? Like, <laughs> I know, on. right? And Nate, where you are in the West, the tooth fairy is paying out over $8 a tooth, Ooh. which has actually gone up in the last year. <laughs> I, the, the tooth fairy is it's a much more lucrative business here on the West Coast. It's like everything. <laughs> And, you know, what's also interesting is that some families pay a premium for the first tooth that falls out. There's it's like this whole like Byzantine pricing structure for teeth, I guess. And Delta Dental says the average value of a first lost tooth is $7.09. And, you know, I know some families in my town that go up to $10 for the first tooth. What? Oof. Outrageous. What are these baller kids <laughs> doing with all that money? I want to know. Maybe they're investing in increased oil and gas production. <laughs> This episode was produced by Cooper Katz McKim with engineering by Sina Lafredo and Neil Rauch. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez and edited by Patty Hirsch. Kicking Cannon is the show's editor, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Employees are the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers group dental, vision, life, and disability plans designed to protect them. Exceptional service, broad networks, and modern benefits. That's the power of human care. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR.